standing, open your King James Bible, please, to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Turn to chapter number 21 in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 21. I will ask as I did this morning, please check your cell phones and turn them off, please. That would mean a lot to me. Well, as soon as you say that, somebody will think, and it went off this morning, didn't it? And so I'm a prophet in my own time, you know. I see the future. Isaiah chapter number 21. Look at verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 21, verse number 6. For thus saith, I'm sorry, for thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman, let him declare what he saith. Now this Old Testament, and I understand the application here, but in principle, uh, it will still work. Now go to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Verse number one, especially the second part of that verse. Psalm 127 should be in the middle of your Bible. Find the 27th chapter and verse number one. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Listen to me. Help me with kids, everybody. Please help me. Very distracting. They labor in vain that build it. Here's the part we want to pay attention to. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman. Remember, we just read about the watchman. The watchman waketh but in vain. So if the Lord's not in it, then do him a bit of good. Okay? Now, go back to Isaiah. I know you were just there. Got to find all over. Go to your index. It's all over there. Isaiah chapter number 58. Isaiah chapter number 58. Isaiah chapter number 58 and verse number 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sin. Now the Bible teaches me that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable. And he lists everything that can profit. So when you look at the Old Testament, please stop believing these people that do not know what they're talking about when they say the Old Testament doesn't apply to us. Look, I know it's talking about Israel. But in principle, in principle, God is still talking about what has happened to the preachers. In one area, he even calls them dead dogs that can't bark or dumb dogs that can't bark. Dumb dog. What he's talking about, he's not talking about a dog. He's talking about preachers. He's talking about his priests in the Old Testament, but preachers in the New Testament. And he's simply saying, what happened to you guys? Where's your bark? Where's your trumpet? Where's the lifting up of your voice? Where, where, where's, where, where's the watchman that I called and said, where are they at? And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. So let's have prayer and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you for the Bible. And ask you, dear Lord, to bless tonight. Help me to help your people to... Um, as Faith Harbor Week, so much of it was nothing new. Most of it wasn't at all to most of us. It was just a confirmation and a reiteration of something we needed to hear again, something to strengthen, something to help us, something to say, that's it. I knew that was right. I need to continue doing that. Help me to help your people, not for my sake, but for Christ's sake, 
for the lost of this world, and for God's people. Please help us tonight. I'll thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. speaks of famines and trials in the last days how they'll sweep through our land but we have his assurance that through all these trials we'll be led by his mighty hand Manna from God will come down from above to restore and to nourish our soul. So through all of your trials and all of your fears, remember God has it under control under control the winds obey his will control when he speaks the storms oh don't be afraid in your soul rejoice in your soul for it's under control it's under control a giant trial you may face, but just when it seems you're standing alone, you'll find Jesus standing there in your place with a stone of faith. Your giant will fall, and Jesus all the victory will give. So today as back then, in this world so full of sin, remember God 
has it under control. Under control. The winds obey his will. Under control. When he speaks, the storms be Don't be afraid. Oh, don't be Isaiah 21, please, once again. I want to talk to you about those crazy preachers. Isaiah chapter 21. Isaiah chapter number 21. I was saved in a country church over 51 years ago outside of Hilliard, heading out towards Plain City. We had, back then it was just, it was a country church. Now it's all built up around there and everything. It was on a Saturday night. They called that the Devil's Night. And uh, the first time I went to church, on a Thursday night, and I went because of a girl. And you should never do that. Well, I know a lot of guys who did. Brother Johnson did that. And uh, so I went there that night, and what I couldn't understand and what some people are no longer used to I went there that night, you have to understand, until that Thursday night, I'd never been in a Baptist church in my life. And I'm sitting there, and nobody knew I was coming. I showed up the last moment. I'm not saved, didn't come from a Christian background. And I sat there, and this guy, come to find out later, he'd only been called to preach for, I think, a couple of weeks. In those churches, as soon as you know, I announced my calling to preach, not then, but later on in life, on a Saturday night, I called the preacher and said, I think God called me to preach tonight. He said, you're, you're preaching tomorrow night. I didn't even know how to spell outline. Had no idea what that was all about. Knew hardly no Bible at all, but that's what they did. So I was there that night listening to this young preacher. He was older than me, but he was a young preacher, relatively talking. He was screaming and yelling about everything. Like a guy blowing a trumpet as loud as he could. And everything he talked about, listen to me, keep the kids quiet, please. Everything that was going on, he was talking about me. And I couldn't understand like some of you said this morning, preacher, were you talking to me this morning? You kept looking at me. I looked at everybody. Amen. And you just think I'm talking to you. Amen. 
but that's what this guy did. He was walking back and forth across the platform and just anything that crossed his mind, he was yelling and screaming about, and I thought, who turned this guy loose? Is he allowed out in public like this? And then everything he talked about was talking to me. I couldn't figure out how does he know what I've been doing. So I want you to understand that's how I got started. So I left there on a Thursday night about a month and a half, two months later. I showed up in church, and I no more walked in. And the singing of the congregation brought such conviction on my heart because the truth that was in the songs and the truth that I already heard, the Holy Ghost of God convicted me. I mean, let's admit, my life, you couldn't go like this. I don't think I'm such a bad guy. Things I were doing, you couldn't even come close to saying that. By the way, you couldn't either. And so that's how I got saved. So it wasn't like, oh, he scared me off because he was talking too plain. No, all Baptist preachers used to preach that way. I'm sorry. All good Baptist preachers used to preach that way. We've changed. We've changed. Isaiah chapter number 21, verse number 6. For thus saith... For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman. Understand what a watchman was. When they had these cities, no matter how large it was, they had what they call uh, parapets or they'd have these towers, if you would, and they'd put somebody on the main gate, or if it's a large city, on each wall, and it was their job just to keep an eye out. And when they saw something approaching, especially by night, it didn't look friendly, it, the job of the watchman was to alert everybody that danger's coming. Something's wrong. I can see it from here. So he was put up high, and when he looked out over everything, when he spots something, he was called the watchman. Even in the military, they have people who at night, you have this, you have this surrounding area uh, when, when I was overseas, and uh, the, the captain was in the middle along with the radio guy, and uh, everybody else had a perimeter. Now, on that perimeter, everybody was to keep watch. They'd wake you up in the middle of the night and say, when you're back in the rear, they would say, okay, you're going to that uh, 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 bunker over there and you keep a watch on this area. Now, the idea was everybody could see a certain distance. So you could see like this and the next guy could overlap and see you and the next guy could overlap all the way around. And it was their job when something happened to alert when they saw something dangerous, when they saw something coming, when something didn't seem right, they were supposed to call out like a watchman. Same thing in the Bible. In Psalm chapter 127 and verse number 1, you don't have to turn there. The second part of that verse says this, except the Lord keep the city. Now he says they have watchmen. He said the watchman waketh but in vain. Ain't going to do you a bit of good to stand up on that wall without the Lord being the power behind everything that's going on. Ain't going to help a bit. So now we have that asset. That's what a watchman is. His job was to, this is deep, watch. But that wasn't all. When he saw something, he was to lift up his voice like a trumpet. See, I don't prefer that. It didn't matter. So we go to Isaiah chapter 58, verse number one. Watch this. It says, cry aloud. Not like this. No, cry loud. Spare not. Watch. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Like a trumpet. Not like a trumpet in the school band. Like a trumpet in the military. Like charge, retreat, uh, move forward. Uh, they used to do all those commands with a trumpet is what they used to do. And so the same thing here. And show my people. So cry loud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And... Show my people their transgression. 
And then he says, and there's six. Music, families, marriages, children, godlessness, sin, church, preachers, worldliness, modernism, authority, righteousness, worship, prayer, clothing, the word of God, on and on and on. We seemingly have lost the true biblical meaning of those terms and words. I'm talking about as God's people. The application of those, we're not sure what to do with them. These words and their biblical application have been twisted, darkened, misused, and have a fleshly, carnal, worldly, pleasing meaning to them, and most do not recognize it for several reasons. What, what has happened, preacher? What, what has changed? What, what, what's going on here? From the old people we used to know back in the day, a lot of you go like, yes, my grandmother used to go to church. I promise you, she saw what's going on in church today. She'd roll over in her grave. If, if she was there, if she's saved, she's not there, so don't worry about it. So several reasons. Why, why is this happening? Why are things changing? Why are things twisting? Why are things, a lot of those words and, and others that we talk about, why are they going in this direction? I think for three things minimum. Number one, most of you have not lived long enough to once accepted and applied to see the outcome of right versus evil. You haven't lived long enough to see it. Some of you just got saved not long ago. This young man right down here just got saved. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago just got saved. Some of you others have been saved a year or two. You haven't been saved long enough to track anything. You're still learning truth, in which you always will be, but you don't know, go like, no, 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 no. I've watched that change, and I can see where that is going, okay? Other people, now I've been saved over 51 years. I'm probably longer than most people in here, I think, maybe. How old were you when you got saved? How long have you been? How old? You're like 80-something now, so I don't know. 53 years. Anybody more than 53 years? 53 years, and so what you're seeing here is this. You haven't been saved long enough to say to yourself, uh-uh, I've been down that trail before. That is no good at all. That's number one. Number two, you do not have enough God's word in you to discern, to discern what is good and what is evil. You're like the person that's walking through a minefield, and this is the way you're testing for mines. Well, let's see. Let's see. Maybe we'll make it through. That's just foolish. You don't even understand what you're looking for, and because of that, you get yourself into a lot of trouble. And number three, you're too skeptical and fleshly to trust, thus saith the word of God, so you depend largely on emotion, human reasoning, and ungodly teaching that you have received since you were a little kid. How many of you went to public school? Public school. One year or more. Anybody? Okay, well, most of us did. Be quiet. Listen to me. Most of us did. Most of them went to public school. I'm going to tell you something right now. Again, I'm not fond of cats. But I wouldn't send my cat to a public school. I'm not kidding you. I would not do that. You heard other preachers talk about that too. There's a reason they say that, and you're wondering why they say that. You haven't been at it long enough. I went to public school. All my kids went to Christian school. We have a Christian school here. There's a reason we have that. It's not because it's an ideal thing, and boy, it's fun, and, and boy, it's just great, and everything works out. No, it's, it's a headache. There's a lot of problems involved in having a Christian school. You say, then why do you do it? Because it's needed. 
It's absolutely needed, and I don't care what it costs you. You ought to get your kids in a Christian school because the value versus cost, value is worth a whole lot more. And so I will mainly reveal where this satanic, ungodly, I'm going to try tonight, ungodly, filthy, transgendering, transvestite, women's lib, effeminate males, masculine females, and the right to be me, accept me for who I am, and the purpose behind it all, and how it got started here in America. Number one, I think what kicked the whole thing off was an absolute emergency and need that we thought we needed to do something about. Years ago, during World War II, something took place, and all the men, in order to fight two world powers, the Japanese and the Germans, basically all of our men during that time had to go off to war. That left all the factories empty. That left all of the, the uh, munitions factories empty. That left all the workforce empty. And so we thought it was a good idea. Please understand, during that time, we were coming through revival, and many people were heading in the right direction. Families were growing, and an emergency hit. World War II hit, and now all of a sudden, all the men, young and old, they were all off in the war somewhere, and somebody got the bright idea, how are we going to keep this thing going? I know what we'll do. We'll ask the women to step in and fill in the blanks because we don't have any men. Listen, listen that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Well, what else were you going to do? That's what gets us. We start reasoning and thinking, well, we don't know what else to do. So what happens is this, while all the men were off fighting, the women had no intention of taking the place of a man. They were actually thought they were going to help. So they stepped in these places, and they, and they didn't. By the way, little children had to work pretty hard then too. Yet they started wearing men's clothing. They started wearing men's clothing. They thought, I'm doing a man's job. Now understand, they were at that time not trying to be equal with anybody. They just thought the job demanded certain clothing, and we're going to put those on. That makes sense, doesn't it? Be careful about amening. Okay. He already did. So, And then, during that time, these crazy preachers way back then, they just cut loose on women dressing like men and, and men not taking their position and everybody, and they just say, oh, these crazy preachers. Look, what, what are they talking about? And we criticized the preacher, but the preachers in those days stood their ground and continued to preach what was right and what was wrong, and America recovered from that, kind of, and we went on with life. Do you remember the iconic Rosie the Riveter? Anybody know what I'm talking about? She's the one that has her sleeves rolled up and she's using, a, I think, a drill and she's showing her muscle like that while she's working on a ship. Do you know what that was? I've, I've looked all this up. It was the symbol of American feminism. So it wasn't just women helping out. They needed a symbol. They needed an emergency. They needed something wrong to get things started, and this is kind of what started the whole thing. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Oh, here we go, talking about pants. Deuteronomy 22 doesn't talk about pants. So for all of you that keep running Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 22 says women shouldn't wear pants. It doesn't say that at all. Deuteronomy chapter number 22 Deuteronomy chapter 22, it does not talk about pants on women. It doesn't talk about dresses on men. I just want to know how we got to this place. 
try to help you understand. So in Deuteronomy 22, drop down to verse number, whoop, I'm in 21. 22, go to verse number 5. This is the passage where a lot of people say, women shouldn't wear pants. It doesn't say anything about pants. But it does say this. Now, again, this isn't the Baptist stand. I'm, I'm using Bible. Watch what it says. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man. Now, if you're upset, all I'm doing is reading the Bible. Wait till I get to preaching here in a minute. Pertain to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Now, for the longest time, we go, oh, that's just sickening. Men putting on women's garment. Oh, now, look what happened. You thought those crazy preachers, oh, they're just spitting in the wind. Who in their right mind would ever wear a dress? What man would ever act like that? Right? All oh, those crazy preachers. They're always talking. About, they're just making stuff up. They just don't like women. Well, I happen to like them. I married one. I have two that were born in my family. And so what we have here, look at verse number 22, uh, verse 5, chapter 22. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord. Now, it doesn't say anything about pants. It doesn't say anything about dresses. It just says whatever men wear, women shouldn't. Whatever women wear, men shouldn't. Now, see, when we do the men wearing women, we go, yeah, that's just weird. That's it, yeah, that's sickening. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. And if you do, you need to get saved, get right with God, and quit following the world. So what do we have here is this. The Bible says in Genesis, everything after its own kind. God in the beginning started everything and said everything after its own kind. You go to Genesis chapter 1, you'll see it in verse 11, verse 12, verse 21, verse 24, and verse 25. Everything after its own kind, including men and women. Men and women. Men are not supposed to be women. Women are not supposed to be men. I hate to break the news to you. That's why you're built different than we are. That's why you do things differently than we are. You, you understand? God made it that way. You cannot reproduce without a man and a woman. It's impossible. Why? God created it that way. The reason we have little humans is because we're big humans. Everything after. So I've never had a dog. Never had a dog. If I, if I, I was going to say something about a cat, but anyway, uh, I, I wouldn't. Why? Because I'm a human. Do you understand? I'm a human being. So because of that, when two people after their own kind, guess what we have? A little human being. We call them babies, but they're little human beings. And so God said everything after its own kind. Animals have other animals. I know this is deep, but hang in there. Fruit, an apple bears Apple tree bears apples. Now, somebody's been monkeying around, then you might have bananas, but we don't know about that. <laughs> so what you have here is it, why, why does it have to be that unless human beings start fooling around with it? I've never understand seedless watermelons. I like them, but I don't understand how they get inside to pull out all the seeds. The Bible said everything, the seed is in itself. That's how it reproduces itself. Fruit reproduces itself because the seed that's in the fruit, when it's done, you plant that, and guess what it brings forth? A watermelon brings forth grapefruit. No, brings forth, <laughs> yeah, no, watermelon, okay? Because the seed that's in there is after its own kind. Are you following me? All fruit does that. Every fruit tree bears it unless human beings have messed around with it. You, you have, you have uh, 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 trees that just bloom, but they don't bring forth apples. God did not create them that way. 
man's been messing around with something like that. So this is what we have to contend with. Trees are that way. People are that way. Follow and reproduce after their own kind. There needs to be a difference, an identifiable difference in all these things. Why? God talks about it. Go back to Deuteronomy. Go Drop down to uh, verse number 9. What this chapter is about is there the difference between things. It doesn't talk about pants. Fellas, get over it. It doesn't talk about pants. Actually, the only time the Bible talks about pants is about the priest showing his thigh when he's walking up the steps. So, men, you're not supposed to be showing your thighs. Thus, shorts. I can't play basketball. You, you actually think you're, you're ready for the NBA, don't you? Man, preacher, it's just hard to sky when you're wearing long pants. You ain't skying. I don't care if you had nothing on you. You're, not going, you're that high off the ground. You're not going anywhere. But watch what he says here. Look at verse number nine. Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with what? What's it say? Quit, quit stare. Look what it says. Different seeds. So now we're talking about the man and the woman should not change things that belong to the other. In verse number nine, thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds lest the fruit, and he tells you why. Look at verse number 10. Thou shalt not ply, uh, plow with an ox and an ass, which is like a donkey, if you would. That, God said, don't do that. Why? Because it, they're different. One will pull all the weight, and the other one won't. One is very, very stubborn. The other just lumbers along. It's not right. It's not equal. It's different. So he's pointing out the difference here. Now, some of this I don't understand. For example, uh, in verse number 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. Now, in America and around the world, now we do stuff like this, but I'll tell you this right now. One of them, the material is a lot stronger than the other. Right? And God said, then don't do that. Why? Because something's going to happen. It's meant to be, it's called wool for a reason, and it's called linen for a reason. It's called silk for a reason, and it's called jeans for a reason. You understand? They really don't go together. So the, the, what chapter 22, a lot of it is about is God establishing a difference between kinds of things. You, you follow me so far? Okay, good. Now, listen to me carefully. For example, there needs to be a different, an identifiable difference. When we were studying through 1 Corinthians, remember what it talked about hair? It talked about, you won't believe it, it didn't just talk about hair. It talked about hair on men, hair on women. It's amazing when you bring this up, everybody goes, Bible talks about that? Bible talks about almost everything. Everything. Sexual behavior, hair, uh, how you treat one another, your speech, how you look in your face, the whole thing. The whole thing. Talks about all of it. So what we have here is there is a difference in that chapter how a man's hair should not be a covering to him. Long hair on men's against the Bible. Short hair on women is against the Bible. You ever wonder why there's an outline? Even bald people have an outline. They just do. So you say, well, how long, long, look, I grew up during that time. How long's long? How short, short? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, somebody came up with this, and I thought, Matt, now that makes sense. Now, a lot of preachers would add there, well, I think, I think, I think. But how about this? God created you, and if you shaved off all your hair, you have a hair outline. Now, if you just really want to draw a line somewhere, ladies, your hair outline should be covered with hair. The Bible actually says in 11, her hair is her covering. But it tells the man, it's not for you. 
you're supposed to have shorter hair. Okay? You understand? We, we went through this. Okay, how about this? The duties in the home. In the Bible, it talks about the duties in the home. The man and the woman are not equal. Now, I know what you're thinking. America, we're not talking America. We're talking Bible. We're talking Bible. And so we find out the duties in the home. I just went there again today. Ephesians, Colossians, 1 Timothy, and other places talks about a man's responsibility, a woman's responsibility, and children's responsibility. It says how they're supposed to be set up. This is God's way. But as always, we as mankind, we have a better idea than God does. We always have a better idea than what God came up with, which is getting us in trouble. How about clothing? Even in all... Here's already, I've heard this forever, and I got to thinking about this the other day, and I thought, got it. Well, back in the old days, they all wore robes. So we think they were like interchangeable. Not so. Not so, not so at all. You see, there was the attire of a harlot. Not, not like you see streetwalkers here today. The color of their outfit discerned them and identified them. For example, we also have the robes of a virgin. Because when Tamar, remember Tamar was raped by her half-brother and he kicked her out and the Bible said she could no longer wear the robe of a virgin. So when you looked at somebody, you say, that's a virgin, that's a whore, that's a man, that's a woman. So though it was robe, it identified and the difference was obvious. Are, Are you following me? So what we think a lot of times, we think for ourselves, what about Scottish men wearing the kilt? Scottish women don't wear them. Well, they're wearing a dress. In their country, women don't wear those. There's an obvious difference between the two. Now, they may today because of women's lib. That I can't tell you, but that's not the normal. How about the Egyptians in their short, what are those called, tunics? There's a name for the, you, you, you see pictures and they're standing there and they've got like a miniskirt on down to here. It wasn't called a miniskirt. And what they did, but what you'll find out is the women in that day did not wear anything like that. Understand, we're not talking about pants and dresses. We're talking about a difference between the two kinds that God has set up on this earth. And so we have the, these, these, these robes. A man was not to show his thigh. It was considered to be nakedness. The women did not wear these attire of a man. If everybody in that country wore what we would call a miniskirt to here, women didn't do that. So there was the difference. When you go to Scotland, the women, at least used to, they did not wear those. That was something men wore. They wore a longer robe. You understand? Okay, in America, that's why I keep saying it doesn't say pants or dress. It says there needs to be a difference. So men, you can't wear what they wear. Women, you can't wear what they wear. Now, just in passing, I would ask you this. Do you think these, what would you do if I got up here in a skirt? Look at your, your front, you go, already, already, already. And it's not just because my legs are white. They're very shapely, by the way. That's not white, because here's what you're thinking. Ah, that's just not right. Why? Why not? You wear my clothing. They're called pants. You said, no, they're, they're women's. Okay, then if you wear pants, what am I supposed to wear? I can't wear what you're wearing because you're wearing what I'm wearing. There has to be a difference. So what do I do now? If you're wearing pants and I say they're the attire of a man, once all women start wearing pants, I can't wear that anymore. 
not because of pants or dresses. The Bible said I can't wear that which pertains to a woman. So if a woman, all women start wearing pants, fellas, guess what we have to do? We have to start wearing something else. Look at you. you. You're about ready to vomit and you're talking and you're, and you're disgusting and you think, oh my, are you kidding me? So, we go back to Rosie the Riveter. She started wearing pants, rolled her sleeves up, started getting muscles. She was the example of the liberated feminine movement. I, I didn't make that up. It says so. Check out your American history. It'll tell you that. Now, let's go on from here. Number two, equal rights. Now, it sounds like I'm all against women, but I'm not. I'm, I, honestly, I love women. I really do. Well, I love that woman, and I like women. I, really, I don't like men. I mean, I like men, but not, not that way, okay? In 1950, in 1950, see, again, you, you have all these arguments and I likes and I don't like, but you have, no, you have no proof, you have no history, you have no Bible. Women were pushing to have their rights. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They were pushing to act like men. That whole rights thing had not yet started. They just didn't know where it was headed yet. Any more than they did all the way back during World War II by going in and they weren't trying to take the man's position. They were trying to simply help out because the men weren't around. Look what happened. So let's go on in history here. I know you may not understand this or not. 1848. Brother Weaver, you weren't. No, you weren't here. 1848. In Columbus, Ohio, how many live in Columbus, Ohio? There you go. See, that's us, okay? In Columbus, Ohio, and many other, I, I, I researched this, and many other uh, uh, cities throughout America, there were laws and customs, you ready for this? You're not going to like this, that criminalized the appearance in public, and here's what it said, a dress, talk about clothing, not belonging to his or her sex. There's a law. You are criminal if you did it. I told you, you weren't saved long enough to know this stuff. Only Brother Weaver lived back there. Do you understand? I, did, I didn't write that. 1848, in Columbus, Ohio, and many other major cities, laws and customs criminalized the appearance in public, a dress or clothing not belonging to his or her sex. So in other words, when you wear that which pertains to him or he wears that which pertains to you, you could go to jail. Outside your home, you go to jail. I understand what the law said here. A clothing not belonging to them. Number three. In the USA in 1988, coming out of the closet. No, that's not your wardrobe. Talking about sodomites and lesbians. And that is their biblical term for them. Homosexuality is not a biblical term. Gay is not a biblical term. God did not make you a queer, period. Oh, here we go again. Those crazy preachers. You should have heard it back in the day when, I, and I still do from time to time, and even my wife said, honey, you're going to go to jail one of these days. Brother Johnson said, I'll probably go to jail over making announcements. Now, we all giggle and laugh at that, but it's becoming true. It's becoming hate speech. Let me get this right. Hate speech is what God said is an abomination. When did that happen? 
You may be upset with me, but what? You're upset with God because he said it's an abomination, which is the strongest word that God uses for something he does not like. Take him to court. God, that's just not right. Now, see, God's not here, so you disagree with him. So what happens here? There was a guy by the name of Robert, I think it's Eichberg, E-I-C-H-berg. That sounds German to me. Psychologist. He was a sodomite. He started this whole thing of coming out of the closet. Oh, by the way, anybody know what he died of? How did you know that? You know this guy? No. But that's what happened. So see, regular citizens, what's going on here, regular citizens, not, not necessarily saved or not, and more and more Christians are defending and accepting their rights. I said Christians. And just everyday, not, not homosexual, not sodomites, just everyday people, we call them straight people. Why do they call them straight? The other one's crooked? We've actually got to the place where we say they're nice people. Though I do not agree with their lifestyle, they have a right. You fell for that, didn't you? The push for men in skirts. Quote, ready? Here's what they said. Fashion designers said, here's what they said. Why are we trying to change pants and skirts to other genders? Here's what they said. They said this, to do away with gender distinction. We don't want to recognize men and women. We want to recognize us. Huh, sounds like some of the pronouns we have to use nowadays, right? My pronoun is kitty. Mine is doggy. Anybody thinks that's so cute? Actually, you can go to jail for using the wrong one in some places. When did that happen? Now, I could go into it. They're using a feminine Bible now, calling God her, because God has a feminine side. Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that from? You just made it up because of women's lib and what's going on in our society. By the way, it's not everybody that believes that stuff. Christian organizations, places of business are being sued for objecting to agree and to condone this thing, and many pastors and preachers are now easing up. They're easing up. You know why? Because they're Christian people start putting pressure on them. Every time you mention, you go like this. What are you doing? You're trying to get your preacher to back away. First of all, for years I've had cataracts. I couldn't see you anyway. So that whole thing you're doing this and raising your eyebrow, I couldn't even see it. You said you kept staring at me. That's because I couldn't see you. Now I can, and I'm still staring at you. So many, many pastors and preachers have eased up. You know they have. Throughout the United Methodists, the Methodists, a lot of Baptists anymore, Lutherans, Catholics everywhere, they're all given in to everything I'm talking about from the world. The Bible does not talk for it. It talks against everything I'm talking about. Let's talk about Gay Pride Month. I'm heading somewhere. There's an organization called Stonewall, which is real big down on Ohio State campus. It defends, it writes uh, uh, papers and newsletters, and in defense of them, it's called the Stonewall Organization. And it defends lesbians and sodomites. And I call them queers. You, you shouldn't say that. They call themselves that. L G 
LGBTQ, right? It's in there. Q's in there somewhere. You know what that stands for? That's not cute. That's queer. Well, you get real quiet, aren't you? Society has conformed you to where you're just scared to death to say, I don't believe that. If you say you don't believe that, they're going to shut you down. They're going to shut you up. And that should not happen, especially to preachers. It happens in June, marches in the street, openly flaunting and forcing their lifestyle on It got so bad, and they, in Washington, D.C., they were stripping down, and they had to cover it all up. You said, I didn't hear about that. The news media don't want you to hear about it. Women completely disrobing because they have the right. Is that what rights are? To do whatever you want? Is that what right is? Now they're marrying each other, adopting children. You know why they're adopting children? Because they can't have them. Just a regular, loving family. Do you know years ago, because I've been alive longer than most of you, years ago I read an article. I, I have it in my drawer. It's, it's in a. It's in, come in the Columbus Dispatch. I forget who put it out, but it said by the year... I thought, this is crazy. It said that by the year 2025, the family as we know it back then will no longer exist. We still have two more years. So you see what happens back here that you keep reasoning with and thinking along and going, what's the big deal? That's because you've never learned to go out to the end of a thing to find out where this thing's going to take you. That's right. All you have to do is know your Bible and you go, this isn't good. We're heading in a wrong direction. So what happened, and many pastors started easing up on all of this kind of stuff. In 1960, started the unisex fashion movement. And again, guess what they kept saying? What we want to do is eliminate differences between men and women. Why? 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 Why do you want to change the Why do you want to take away the difference between men and women? I kind of like it myself for a lot of reasons. First of all, God made it that way. Another reason is that's kind of what attracted me. So for you that said I was attracted to her because you're spiritual, don't tell me that. I don't even want to hear this stuff. To say anything directly against it is called hate speech anymore and punishable now by law. They don't just say it. You can actually go to court. And be penalized for saying anything like that. You know why? Because we have decided they have rights. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just see where this is headed. Let's just see where it's going, okay? More pastors started caving in. You can't say anything against lesbians, homosexuals, transvestites, queers, call them whatever you want to. But you can murder a baby. You have that right. But I have no right to disagree with that lifestyle. You can stand in the street and say, kill babies. I have a right. I have a right. And everybody, but if I say something about homosexuals, transvestites, anything, I could possibly get fined and or go to jail. Something's wrong here. Number five, I'm a man, she says. I'm a woman, he says. I should be allowed to be whatever I believe I am. By the way, all of you that raise your hand about public school, they actually think because they have bigger buildings, that means you have better education. 
Buildings have never educated anybody. Buildings don't educate. And most of the teachers that go there were taught by the same, supposedly, schools of high, I call them schools of lower learning. Uh, and they're teachers. They're all taught by the same people. Your kids that you go, go mind the teacher, they are. It's not what the teacher is teaching them. It's what they're getting in here. If they would teach math, I don't have a problem with that. If they really teach right history, I don't have a problem with that. If they really teach true science, I don't have a problem with that. But when they start teaching their philosophy, guess who taught them all that? The world, the flesh, and the devil. So what we have here is this. I should be allowed to be whatever I believe. So we went from sodomites and lesbians way, way back in the day, way, way back in the day, in the Bible, way back in the day, to do away with the differences in jobs and clothing and hair and position. We've gone that far. All those things I just mentioned to you now, those things are changing. I am as good as a man. Look at my hair. Look at my clothes, my tattoos, my muscles. I've been around for 71 years. I have never seen such effeminate men and such masculine women in all of my life. I do not like your blue and purple hair. You know why it's not natural? They say, I color my hair. Is it the same color? You don't have a reason why other than I think it's nice. Well, that's what happened with the pants dress thing. I'm as good as any man. Look at my hair, my tattoos, my muscles. I'm as good as any woman. Look at my hair, my clothes, my tattoos, and my muscles. Now we have transgender. Forced biological, physical change of children. There's not a child in the world that said, you know, Mom, I think I need to have a sex change because I just don't feel right in this body. No child ever says that. Never. That's public education and worldly people saying, trying to push what they're probably already wishing or doing on their children. No kid's going to get on the news and go, ever since I was little, you're only six now. I've been thinking I don't belong. I don't really think I'm, mom has been teaching that. Pastors and preachers, I think, are starting to wake up. I think, I think. Number six, the attacks on Christianity. If there's anything standing in the way that's supposed to not change ever for good or worse, it's Christians in the Bible. God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. If he doesn't change and we're his children, we're supposed to follow him, should we be changing? No. So these are the problems that we have here. Christians are said to be the true problem in our society. Now, if you don't get right with the Lord, say, I'm telling you. They say they're mean, uncaring, denying. You may be saying that about me today. Denying the rights of all people to live as they feel this needs to be punished by law. Well, y'all come visit me in prison. <laughs> yeah, you said that way too quick. I guess we should have listened to those old preachers and priests. You remember the ones when they used to say, that guy's crazy. And he just goes on and on. He just keeps beating that same drum. Now, he didn't understand what was going in. He just knew it was wrong. 
now after all these years, now we're going like this. What are they doing? We walked them down this path. Preachers quit talking about it because their people and law said, can't talk like that anymore. When, when did it happen that everybody can talk about politics except the preacher? I'm not allowed to take a side. If I do, my, who said, why not? Because our, our uh, tax status, we take it from us. That's not a good reason, but that's why a lot of people give. That's why we can afford a lot of what we do. Because in America, it is not a biblical right. Get over it. It's not a biblical right. It is an American right that churches do not have to pay taxes on the things that they have. Why? Because of all the charitable work that we do. Back a few years ago, I don't think it was under Bush. It may have been under, yeah, him, one of those guys. No, it was under Bush. He tried to get people, the government, to help them to do more. He was willing to give money. No, he was not. Government never gives something they don't want something in return. I think it was Obama came along, and what he wanted to do, he wanted to take away all the churches and the government, put them in there, so they wanted to have all these helps and all these feeding centers and all this, and that's where it's headed, by the way. Take away all the responsibility and the authority of a local church. That's where, that's where it's headed. You know what big brothers and big sisters, you know what that used to be? Christians. You know where people went for food and help? Churches. And I don't have to go there. They're slowly taking everything God said is part of our responsibility to do. They take away from us, and we just sit here like this. I don't want to get involved. But we ought to get involved. So it was about doing away with the difference God always intended. This movement, this sinfulness, this, this, this move of the devil, the world, and the flesh, which are our enemies, did not start a year or two ago. It did not start last year. It didn't start when all of a sudden transvestites started showing up. And by the way, when they talk about Christians, oh, look, we've got nuns down here imitating Christians. No, they're not. They're imitating Catholics. Catholics, most of them will tell you, I'm, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Catholic. But when you hear about a lot of this, they're not talking about Baptists, but they're coming to you. So what happens here is this. As usual, man has a better idea than God has. God teaches, do this, don't do that. We go, you know something? I have an idea, and we start running with it. America used to be a godly nation, a God-fearing nation. See, you haven't taught this in public school. We teach that in our school. Not all we teach is just Bible. You're going to learn the sciences and the history and the literature and things that they forgot even how to spell in public school, but we still do that. We have let society, listen to me carefully, human reasoning and social acceptance come before God's word. We have taken this, even if we still read it, and go, yeah, but you know, they, they don't. That has nothing to do with this. But that's what we've allowed to happen here, come before God's word. Because it's obvious by the conversation of pastors and preachers and Christians that God's holy word is no longer governing our lives. I can prove it. Some of you look at me so strange like you, you wish I would just shut up. I'm not going to. You say, well, I'm not coming back. Don't. So you're threatening me with minding God and proclaiming his word or you coming here and eyeballing me every time I turn around. When I first got saved, that guy was screaming and yelling about everything, 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 anything that crossed his mind. Loose boards on a platform, sin. I mean, he hit everything. 
that, there's no Bible for that. I just made that up. And I thought, how did he know? <laughs> now, here's what we do today. Let's turn in our Bibles and we'll, we'll study. And uh, so we get a whole head full of knowledge that we don't do anything with. We go, love his teaching. Oh, I love his teaching. Actually, what you're saying is his teaching doesn't bother me and he's soft-spoken and I like that. You know what? You don't want to be convicted about anything. Ladies' pants are wrong on you. Unless all men start wearing dresses. You say, preacher, I didn't know. I understand that. That's very honest. You know why you didn't know it? Preachers quit preaching and society took over our foundation for truth, not the word of God. So what happens here is simply this. Where is my place here? We have done all that. We are now being driven by culture, not the Bible. What, 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 what's most people doing? That's culture. Well, you know, I was online the other day and I was on Google and all of my friends, they do this. Now. Where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Why, why do you believe that way? Well, I just like that. You're a born-again Christian. If you are, it has nothing to do with what you like or don't like. It has to do with the Word of God. That's all it has to do with. And if my dear lady, if you're wearing pants or you think you're a homosexual, a lesbian, God says I'm against it, you should not be for it. You should not be practicing it. It's like adultery. You're not supposed to be doing stuff like that. It's killing Christianity. It's deadening the spirit in a local church because we're so much like the world. We don't know how to get out of this anymore. I blame preachers. Their job is to lift their voice like a trumpet. Spare not. Tell them of their transgressions and their sin. We want to be everybody's friend. Look, I want to be liked. I want to be liked. Let's just admit it. I blew it. We are now being driven by culture more than God's word. We're making decisions by, re by reasoning the circumstances and public opinion. That's not Bible. Amen. Folks, we're digging a ditch and we're not going to be able to get out of it. I, I don't know if we're already past that point. Public schools, institutions of higher learning, man's adjusted history and traditions, so-called science. Evolution cannot be proved. Man has never created anything. We call it inventing, but he can create. Creating means starting with nothing. Only God can do that. So all these so-called sciences have become our fundamental truths and counseling for which we decide whether God's word is true or not. We run to science and so-called history and man's philosophy and what's going on in our society right now to go, see, see that's, that's antiquated. That doesn't mean anything anymore. My dear friend, you got it all backward. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Whatever God said, by the way, that's what you're going to be judged by when you meet him. And you say, I don't think that's true. When you meet him, you tell him that. You just tell him, I don't think you're real. He'll understand. We have listened to the, sin, to the sinful world's advertising. You don't think advertising, you say, I don't pay much attention to that. Really, so they spend trillions of dollars on advertising because it doesn't do any good. We have listened to the sinful world's advertising, its repetitive quotes, its examples of right and wrong until it's all kind of makes sense now. Yeah, it makes sense. I can see how this works. You lost sight of the Bible, didn't you? 
You were born in another family, my dear friend. And yet we're following the devil's crowd and the world, and you have no right to do that. Christians and pastors have been shamed, questioned, embarrassed, and left appearing as though we're ignorant and unlearned. And that bothers us. In a world of education, even though we're getting dumber all the time, in a world of education, we don't want to say, I go to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're one of those Bible people, right? You, I bet you go to church. You fundamental Baptist. Yeah, that, that even makes more sense. Yeah, you're a Baptist, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, that's like applauding me. But to a lot of people, it shames them and embarrasses them. It makes them second guess and change their mind about things. We've listened to all this kind of stuff until it, it, it's starting to make sense to us. Christian pastors, we've all been shamed. You probably believe the Bible. You're, you're a churchgoer. By even those who go to church, shame you and embarrass you. You go to a public school, there's girls there that wear a dress that aren't saved and don't go to church. Nobody makes fun of them. But you let the known Christian wear one, and she'll be attacked. Just like people do with a preacher that will cry aloud and spare not. By the way, I'm not mean right now. I'm just trying to explain to you what's going on. Till now we question our even our own Christian heritage happening like a tsunami right now. Like a tsunami. Nowhere in scripture does it tell us that Christians by the unsaved and the worldly will be admired, welcomed, accepted, understood, loved, or we have as much right in this world as they do. No place in the Bible does it say that. We have American rights that we're quickly losing, but we do not have biblical rights in that. Jesus said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. Jesus said that. You're loving Lord. You know the one that loved, it's all about love? He said, if they hated me, and they did, they crucified him, they will hate you. If you love the world, the world will love its own. But because you're not in the world and you're not of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Whatever happened to Christians being hated? We just don't like it. And we're not going to put up with it. But the scripture does teach this, just in case you want to know. We will be hated of all men. Scripture doesn't say all men will love you. But it does say all men, you'll be hated of all men. It also says we shall suffer persecution. America got duped. We got to the place that businessmen were Christians. Hey, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian too. Wouldn't you like to be a Christian too? Everybody was being a Christian in name. Why? Because it's good for business. Everybody respected that. Everybody, hey, I know a guy, yeah, and he's a Christian too. Everybody's a Christian now. Well, what happened to America then? The Bible said the world would love its own. Hey, see, there you go. There's crazy preachers. Every time we get on a roll trying to get something fixed, they got to come and stick a, 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 a stick in the spokes and flip everybody uh, over and wreck everything and dump over the apple cart. And what's wrong with these guys? Can't they get along with anybody? I try my best to get along with God. I try my best to get along with God. The world has got you feeling as though if they don't accept you, you're an outcast. And you should be. Because Jesus said that he went outside the gate and died. And he told us to come outside where he is, not where the crowd is. 
we have been deceived. We have been deceitfully, patiently drawn down a false path over a long period of time. If we just have some understanding, right? What did they tell us? If we would just quit being so hard-lined about everything. I hear some of you asking this right now. If we let the unbelievers allowed to worship in our churches, we could win them over. That sounds really good, doesn't it? There's a big problem with that. I hate to keep bringing this up. There's no Bible for that. Church is not for sinners. It's not for the unbelieving and the hurting of the world. Church is for God's kids, born-again Christians. You take the gospel to the world, and most people will come in, and they, they don't really want the Lord. They just want relief from the problem. That's why they'll come to the altar, and you never see them again. They had a good cry. They feel better about themselves. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll be back. You never see them again. You know why? Nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. Brother Man and I was talking about this the other day. Nobody was counseling us about smoking. How, why did we think it was wrong? Nobody counseled us about running around in shorts. Why did we think it was wrong? The church I went to, they didn't believe any of that kind of stuff. But the more we read the Bible, the more we said, I, I, can't, I can't act like this. See, there was a holy God, a pure God. A heavenly God, not just a, the old God up there, he's my friend. No, holy God, holy spirit. They that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. The beauty of holiness, whatever happened, to that, we think we can become more worldly and still get real close to God. You cannot do that. God will not put up with that. He will not. God will accept a sinner on almost any grounds when you come to him. But after that, you're going to have to start obeying the Lord in order to have good fellowship with the Lord. Churches, the people in them, if you would, have become cold and indifferent. Look at us. We should be shouting the house down right now. Finally, somebody that's saying something that's right. But that's not what we do. Truth is truth. Now, we'll shout when we talk about heaven, but we ain't in heaven. We're down here on this planet. And God said, I'm sending you forth as sheep among wolves. That doesn't sound very good to me. He also talked about putting on the armor. That's what you do when you go into battle. You talk to most Christians about battle warfare, they're going, what's wrong with this church? They're in some kind of a battle or warfare or something. They don't even understand the Bible. And yet they'll sit there and question what I'm saying about the Bible, and they don't even know why, because of what the world has taught you. We've become cold and different, powerless, lukewarm, and our own kind, even our own kind, other Christians attack us, being telling us we should be more broad-minded, that we're running people off if we keep preaching that way. Do you know Jesus spoke about one thing, and everybody that was following, a multitude, left him and only 11 were left, 12 were left. Jesus, he made one statement, one statement. He wasn't after a crowd. He come to preach truth and die for sinners. He made one statement. And they said, oh, that's it, that's it. That's way too hard. Nobody can live like that. And the Bible said they all left and followed him no more. Disciples, people who are following and learning about him, they said, that's it, we've had it, time out. So he looked at Peter and said, and the disciples said, will you also go away? He just expected the whole crowd to go. Peter said, Lord, where will we go? Thou hast the words of life. 
they all went back to the city. They were in it for the loaves, the fishes, the miracles, the hearing him pray, the deep teaching, but they didn't want to change anything. When did hundreds of years of Bible scholars and preachers and moms and dads, proof of defense of God's word, now become wrong? When did that happen? When did it happen that these young whippersnappers, these young preachers, these young scholars today, all of a sudden look at all of the commentaries, all of the history, the King James Bible, and now all of a sudden go, yeah, I've kind of studied that out and I disagree with that. I just want to vomit. I, I just want to vomit. The first thing that was ever handed to me was a King James Bible over 51 years ago and said, if you're ever going to get to know God, you got to get to know that Bible. Do you know how many thousands of people have fallen by the wayside grabbing onto something new and something, something different? Ladies and gentlemen, if the King James Bible is not going to keep you and the old paths are not the right way, let's just all shut her down and go out because we're missing out on a lot out there in the world. Let's quit being a worldly Christian. Either be worldly or be a Christian. We become lukewarm. When, when, when did we let this happen? When did we as grown-ups... People have been on the way say, you have to start accepting change. I beg your pardon. I don't have to accept change at all. Matter of fact, I refuse to do that. He said, now you're just being dumb. Yeah, that's a lot of people say that. Let's see what the Lord says here tonight. When did that which is always right become wrong? When does right become wrong? Somebody please tell me that. What is truth? Thy word is truth. When did anything in here become wrong? When did that happen? When did what could always be trusted now become error and will lead you astray? When did, ladies and gentlemen, when did that happen? Get it nailed down. When did it happen? When did you listen to your relatives and backslidden Christians? When did it happen that all of a sudden, after hundreds of years of people doing things this way, now all of a sudden it can't be? When did that happen? When did these pea brains all of a sudden show up and say, I know more, you're reading after the wrong people. I'm still reading the same Bible when I started. If God's word is truth and right, it always has to be truth and right. It can't be anything less. How can right and truth be anything less than right and truth? It can't change. Truth can never be anything less than truth. It's not truth that changes. It's not God that changes. It's us. We're changing. Probably the best of us don't even realize. We're slowly giving in giving more and more cushion. But back in my day when that guy was screaming, yelling about sin, man, that convicted me like crazy. Now we want to talk and have six months of educational teachings and maybe that will win him over. Then how in the world did I ever get saved? I didn't like people telling me what to do to begin with. That's why I joined the military. I hated people telling me what to do. So why would I let this Tell me what to dress, how to act, how I'm supposed to look, how I'm supposed to behave. Why would I do that? Because God Almighty, this is his word. These are his words. Man's constant change in all they do is the proof that what they're talking about is not truth. Truth doesn't change. Right doesn't change. 
Every time you turn around, they're changing about how to raise families, marriages, education, churches, you name it. Gender, they're changing everything, which is the proof that they don't have truth because truth never changes. I will ask you one question and we're done. If the idea is to do away with gender and equality discrimination, why has it been and has become an argument about pants on women and dresses on men? What's that got to do with it? It's a good question, wasn't it? I thought I'd bring up a good question for you. Why? If the question is, is to do away with, remember the big word, discrimination, all forms. And the more we push that, the worse things get. The more we push for equal, there's no such thing as equal. See this guy, Gio, stand up. That's not fair. He's got a natural tan and he's tall. I'm a white guy losing my hair and that's not fair. That's not equal. He's young. I'm old. Why does it have to be that way? That's the way it goes. Ladies, look at me. You cannot be equal with a man. You should never be equal. You know why? God designed you to be so much better. You listen to the world's philosophy. So now you're working, raising children, cleaning a house, trying to help a man out. When before you were just the lady of the home and they took care of you and somebody told you, so you have no identity. Or they go like this, oh, so you don't work for a living. You kidding me? I got like 12 kids. What do you mean I don't work for a living? By the way, that's why a lot of women quit having so many children. They want to get back out in the workforce, start making some more money. Now, I know who's divorced and I know who's single. I got all that. I was raised in a single household. I understand that. I understand that. Thank you. Be seated. The reason it's an argument about pants and dresses, listen, that's what it comes down to. Women should be able to wear pants. I'm not against it. If all men start wearing dresses, they can't fix it. <laughs> ladies, ladies, if men are supposed to wear pants, then you're not supposed to. If you think you can, what am I supposed to wear? God plainly says there should be a difference. So what's the argument about pants and dresses on men and women? Here's what it is. Ready? Because it was and is the first visible symbol of making one gender. First thing you see. Oh, don't, don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. If a guy walked in with a dress right now, you spot him in a minute. And then he'd be escorted out of here. Now there you go with I don't love people. I, I love women. I'm not crazy about men. It's a symbol of one gender. No? Look at the mess we've got ourselves into. Look at our world. Look how sickening it has become. Look how it has changed from back in Genesis the way the Bible said everything after its own kind. What in the world happened? Well, you see what happened is an emergency came up and we thought we had COVID. I am still shocked to this day how the whole world just turned over and closed down. For no reason at all. You say, I know somebody who died of COVID. They didn't die of COVID. They died from complications. They had other illnesses and sicknesses, and the COVID made them weak, and that's why they died. You don't believe? That's real science. That's real science. 
more people die of influenza than dead of COVID. It just amazed me how the whole, and I was one of them for two and a half months. I'll never do it again. Because God said, forsake not the assembling. I'm supposed to mind what God says. You know, a lot of churches never recover from that. There are people to this day wear masks that don't even have to. I was walking in veterans the other day, and a person came into the mask, and it fell off. An old man could not help himself. He's like, I just have to wear this mask. And he said, can you help me? I put that back on. And the guy, the guy at the gate said, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. No, I prefer it. When did it happen? I like the liberal woman who goes, oh, I think this is kind of stylish now. Who would do such a stupid thing? You want to know how all those people that wear masks all the time, at least now they know how bad their own breath stinks. Now, <laughs> one last thing and I'm done. Did I already say one last thing and I'm done? Okay, one last thing and I'm done. Go to Romans. Just to show you where all this is going to wind up, which doesn't mean you might as well go ahead and give in to it. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The only way you're going to prove that this is actually true, and it is, whether you do it or not, to yourself, is have your mind renewed by this truth and say, I know that works. But a lot of Christians have never got there. They sit in church and stare, and they go back to what the world does. Go to Romans chapter number 1. Go down to verse number 18 going to read and make some comments. Starting verse number 18, Romans chapter number 1. For the wrath of God, the wrath, you got that part? Not the love of God. God loves everybody. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold not the truth in righteousness, uh, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because, I was going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why God's upset with all this. Because that which may be known of God is manifest or brought out in them. For God has shown it to them. Man did not start off as a knuckle dragger trying to figure out what fire is, living in a cave somewhere. Man started off as one of the smartest people, born, created in the image of God, had a perfect marriage, a perfect place to live. When he sinned, everything went downhill. It got so bad and so violent and so sinful, God destroyed the whole world by water. Started over with one family, which is all three, all three of those boys. Look at me and listen to me well. Take note of this. All of those are the only three um, races of the world. Guess what we have done? We have intermarried and interchanged so much, most of us don't even know our background. Socks. So what's your background? I am Vietnamese, American, Chinese, American. I said, what? You're what? I said, where are you from? America. I said, you're in America. Knock it off. But the world had told her, you're special. You come from 40 countries. That's just weird when you think about it. But we've fallen for this stuff. Everybody wants to know. I think I'll get some spit and I'll put it in an envelope and send it off and I'll find out about my relatives. I don't want to find out about my relatives. I know about two of them and I don't want to know anymore. I'm not trying to be funny. One of them went to prison, so there we go. Romans chapter number 1, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown unto them. For the visible, watch this, the visible, the, I'm sorry, the invisible, watch the wording, the invisible things of him, clear back from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. What? 
How can invisible things be clearly seen? Because in creation, you weren't there. You didn't see any of this. So I guess you just have to take my faith. God said, no, no, there's still trees out there. A eggs are still there. You have the shell, the white, and the yolk. Trinity. So three things can be one. Right? A baby being born. Miracle. Man, that's amazing. Animals don't have human beings. Human beings have human beings. Just like God said. So God said from the very creation of the world, everything I did, and even all the invisible things, are clearly seen. We're just not paying attention. We're listening to so-called lying science and so-called history that they changed to make it fit what they're trying to make themselves look better. So, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power, uh, Godhead, power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God said, you don't have an excuse for not serving me. I wasn't taught that. Nature will teach you that. All you nature tree huggers, you should, you should be first ones running after God. God's not in a tree. He's not in a walnut. Verse 21. So watch, there's no period after that. So they are without excuse because, see, so he's not just bringing up stuff. He's going to tell us why. That's pretty nice of God, right? Because that when they knew God, man started off knowing God. In the evening, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening. They knew God. God knew them. They knew God. They glorified him not as God. Now we're going forward in history. Neither were thankful. Just like Christians today. When are we going to do this? Why didn't somebody help me? I need something else. We're not thankful for it. Even when I go to God and I say, God, please bless, it almost sounds like I'm not thankful for everything he did. I am. And God loves to be asked because he loves to show himself. But we're so unthankful anymore. If everything doesn't go our way, we just pout and stub up and coochie lip and suck our thumb and get mad at us. Well, I'm just having a tough day. I don't really care. I don't care. Get over yourself. There are people who go through a lot worse things than you are. You just don't know anything about God and how he can comfort. You're second-guessing God. So watch what he says. They glorified not, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Ready? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. The Bible said the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. All these educated people running around, there's no God. You're a fool. The Bible said, do not entertain a fool in his folly. I could go on, but I digress. And change the glory of the uncorrupt, the glory of the uncorruptible God to the image made unto like corruptible man. Well, God's just like we are. Mormons will actually tell you God was as we are, and we can become as God is. You know what they're saying? Same thing the devil tempted Eve with. You can become as gods. You can become as gods. It's a lie straight out of hell. It's a lie. So watch what happened. They changed the glory of the corruptible God into the image unto like corruptible man. And that's not it. They brought him down farther than that. Birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. God? 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 Go to foreign countries, even places here. You'll see them. They'll have dragons and bugs and, and statues. And, and they'll bow down and worship and say, that's what I believe in. Wait a minute. We're not done here. Wherefore, because of that, who made this move? Man did. They moved away from God. Wherefore, God also gave them. A, why didn't God do something? You made the first move away from him. You, mankind. 
I don't believe that. I don't have to do that. I don't see that. I don't have faith to believe that. I don't think that's true. God said, okay. Then I'll turn you over to what you think's right and wrong. Let's just see where this is going. Ready? Four-footed beast. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. The only thing stopping mankind from going wild is God. To dishonor their oh, bodies between themselves. No period. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature, that would be us, more than the creator, that would be God, who is blessed forever. Amen. Wait a minute, we're not done. For this cause, what we just read, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even the women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Women with women is against nature. It's not natural. It's wrong. It's wrong. I don't care how you feel. don't care. It's love. You know there is, there is bad love and there's good love. In the Bible, it talks about it. God is love. You know there's bad love. Love not the world. That's bad love. The love of the world's in you. The love of the Father's not. That's, that's bad. So there, God is love. Everything's about love. There's bad love. So wait a minute. We're not done. Ready? So what? For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Even, the, even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, Burned in their lust, want, I just got through, going down through history, basically skipping along like a rock on a pond to show you how all this came about. And God said, that's exactly what happened. Men with men working that which unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their error. That doesn't sound very bad. That means they're straying from the truth, which is justified by what they when you, when you are a sodomite or a lesbian and you end up with AIDS, well, you think that's unfair? When you have multiple, we call them partners, sexual escapades with other people and you get a disease, well, you think that's unfair? God said you, it's not right. But see, we always had a better idea than God. We had a much better idea than God. I was going to sow your wild oats while you're young. Rock and roll. Do you know what that really means? Put on music, get in the car, and what you're doing causes the car to rock while you're listening to the radio. And you like rock and roll. You don't even know what it meant, do you? In our innocence, the devil has wrapped us up and presenting us on an altar of this world to destroy our lives. Wait a minute, we're not done. Go down to verse number 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. That's public schools. That's schools of higher learning. That's in a lot of churches anymore. God gave them up to a reprobate mind. You know what reprobate means? Reprobate means error or apostasy. You know what apostasy means? It means to abandon what one has professed before. I don't believe that anymore. I don't think that's true anymore. I used to. I was trained that way. I grew up that way. But I don't. That's apostatizing. We have a whole generation coming up behind us that were taught what was right according to the Bible and now all of a sudden they decided that's not true. They're apostatizing. They're leaving what at one time they established was right and that they always believed. Now they're saying, I don't believe that and I don't think it's right. That's apostatizing. So, being filled with 
tell me this isn't today. Filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil, disobedient. Well, how did that get in there? That's a real bad list. And he throws in there, I want you to listen to me and put your plane around. That's a real bad list. And you tell Leah there, he said, disobedience of parents. See, we don't think that's this. Oh, yeah, that's just their opinion. It's disobedience of parents. Wait a minute, we're not done. Without understanding. I just don't understand it. Why did it? See, no understanding. Covetous brothers. We won't keep our word freely. Preacher, I promise you, I wasn't able to. Just like that. Doesn't mean anything anymore. Without natural affection. Boy, isn't that today. Natural affection is a man with a woman, a woman with a man. Children toward their parents. The dog is not one of the family. Sorry about that. In other countries, they eat them. Horses too. Oh, no, not a little horsey. By the way, do you, you city folks, do you really know where McDonald's hamburgers, well, you know, who knows where those come from, but it comes from them killing a cow. Killing a cow. No, I thought milk came in a carton. No, it comes from a cow. You know your fried chicken? They grab it, they wring its neck, they, 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 they de-feather they de- it, they throw it in a pan, and you eat it. God said he gave man dominion over the earth. And then he specifically says, all the, and he mentions animals. But we have a better idea. Why don't we all become vegetarians? Because I would die. Health food will kill you. I'm just telling you right now. Wait a minute. We're not done. Hold on. Look at the last verse here. Who knowing the judgment of God, all these people throughout history, that they that commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, pleasure in what they're doing? Oh, I don't do it, but no, but you think it's okay. They're worthy of death. I don't care if it's your family or not. And that's where we stop right there. There are not two Bibles, folks. One Bible for everybody and another one for your family. If you're not saved, this is where your world is headed. Straight down into the trash can. Not because that's what God wanted. He tried to warn us. He tried to stop us. He gave us the truth. And we simply said, I don't believe that. I don't think it has to be that way. I got a better idea. I won't raise my family like God says. No, we don't chastise children anymore. Beat the fire out of those kids. You understand me? Oh, no. I don't think. Okay, I was beat with a belt, and I don't think that's right. My sister was beat with a light cord. No, it's not right. So we use those instances to say, you close your mouth, fly right now. So we use those instances to say why nobody should spank anybody. Spanking is not abusive if you do it the way you're supposed to. You talking to them, how's that working? 
it, it was really cute. I'm watching. Um, where, where'd uh, Miss Sue go? Where's she gone? Oh, she's back there. <laughs> I was watching her little boy. She's singing and talking. He's wandering down the hallway. <laughs> she went out to the prayer closet. Get lost. <laughs> uh, it was real cute. And he just walked away again. So, I, so now she's in the back of us beating the daylights out of him. Folks, listen. Jesus is coming back. Make no mistake about it. He cannot lie. And he said, I would have told you. If I wouldn't come, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am. John 14, verse 24. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may. We're not staying here forever. When Jesus comes back, how are you going to tell him? I just didn't believe it. I didn't like what you had to say. Oh, here's a good one. Well, the preacher yelled, so I didn't think I had to do that anymore. It was a preacher yelling and screaming and stomping that said, George Bell, you on your way to hell and you better get right with God. There were great revivals because of preachers like that. There were whole nations turned to God because of preachers like that. Fearless. Look right at a person and tell them, you ain't right with God. You, Billy Sunday, everybody likes reading about Billy Sunday. You wouldn't like Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday would run across a platform, jump off the platform. If there was a drunk in the front row, he would straddle them, put his finger in his face and tell them, you better get right. You're going to burn in hell without any alcohol. And he'd rail on them for a while. I said, well, that's not right. The guy went to the altar and got right with God and got saved. The Bible said that sin may become exceeding sinful. Not, eh, not that bad. You're struggling a little bit. No, you're in sin. Ladies, you didn't realize it. You probably didn't know half of this. Fellas, you start wearing a dress, we're going to have a problem. By the way, you want to know why most preachers don't preach on pants on women anymore? Because they don't want to cause any arguments. It hasn't got anything to do with what they think is right and wrong. They just don't want to put up with it. Okay, so you're not going to preach against adultery anymore? Everybody's living with somebody, almost all of you. How about abortion? Everybody's starting to accept that. How about abortion? So you're not going to preach on that anymore. Let's say you're not going to preach on adultery. You're not going to preach on homosexual. You're not going to preach. What are you going to preach on anymore? We're just going to delve into the Bible and teach some deep things, and you're all going to like me and go home. Joel Osteen. Guys as wicked as a day is long. Charles Stanley Boyce, same way. T.D. Jakes is one of the biggest deceivers that's out there. There is no such, I'm just kind of cleaning house right now. There is no such thing as a woman preacher, never will be, never has been. You don't know why it's guiding me. Thank you very much. We have gotten so far away from truth. When somebody mentioned it, what? what? Did he just say that? What do you mean? No, I, I, I used to listen to a woman preacher. No, you listen to a woman preach. To tell you the truth, some women are much better orators than men. That doesn't make it right. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, those crazy preachers, they're, they're always yelling and screaming. they got to find something, right? got to find something to yell and scream about. Bible thumpers, hellfire, damnation. Oh, I don't like those kind of preachers. I know you like the ones that never make you feel guilty about anything, even when you're living in sin. I like the kind of guys that make me feel good about everything. Like Joel Osteen. Even when asked about hell, he would not admit it. We talked about homosexuals. He, T.D. Jakes, and a whole bunch of them. You cannot be liked by the worldly witch, Oprah, and say you're standing for God. No way in the world. 
There's no way. See, you don't even know what you're talking about here. Take away everything but this book. How are you living? Why do you do what you do? Show me. Show me. Tell me. I just believe, no, that's not the Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. What God says is true. Anything different than that is a lie, which makes you, if you disagree with God, a liar. A liar is one of the names of the devil. I don't know how breaking news to you. This isn't getting any better. It's getting worse. So churches, we just all pat each other on the back, make each other feel good. I believe that. Do you believe that? Okay, then it makes it right. No, it does not make it right. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. When I started this church 30-some years ago, in a storefront on metal chairs, I would preach for an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes at the minimum. Now, people sat on metal chairs. People are like, you're kidding you want an hour and a half of so-called worship music. Let me help you understand something. There is music in worship, but music is not worship. Think about it. Had a man come here one time, cried, loved our church, talked to his wife, said, I like everything about it, but the music didn't do anything for me. Did the preaching, church is not about music, church is about the Bible. We've made church about music, and then we'll add on some old white guy or somebody that'll preach 15 minutes. They didn't come to hear you, bud. They come to jazzercise and kick up their heels and worship and get in a frenzy, and oh, God's been so good to me. You think you've been worshiping. Music's not worship. Music's in worship. Music's not Should it not be the more worldly and devilish and filthy the world become, the more out of place we should feel? Isn't that the way it should be? So when people say, preacher, we want you to stay here for another 30 years, please don't play that. I don't want to be here for another 30 years. I re- don't you want to live forever? Not down here. Evidently, you haven't been in battles. You don't know what it's like to oppose this world and try to live what's right, to fall into sin and try to get things right, to help other people when they don't want to get... You don't know what that's like, the pressure of the devil himself trying to get you to change direction, which is on me all the time. So quit looking at me like you wish I'd change. Put a smile on that thing you call a kisser. Notify your face that something's okay. Oh, preacher, I was just looking at it. No, you weren't. You were staring a hole through me. At least you can smile and say amen. Nobody will know what you believe then. Oh, yeah, preacher, I've kind of always believed that way. It'll be all right. Christianity's in a mess, isn't it? The Bible hadn't changed. So how did Christianity get in such a mess? This is part of the reason how we got to the mess right now. You're shocked. Men changing their sexuality to become a woman. What, you think that just happened all of a sudden? You think that just happened, what, last week? When you heard it in the news? That happened decades and decades ago. Oh, not exactly that. But what led to that? 
everything began to change. Check out your statistics. Homes went down the drain. Kids started becoming criminals when moms went in the workforce. Divorce rate went sky high when moms decided to go in the workforce. By the way, by the way, when most women get a divorce, they get married within one year of a divorce. You know to who? Somebody they work with. I'll make your stuff up. should be on our face in that book a blind eye to the world and say Lord I'll put you in my mental office I will represent Jesus because he's coming back to get me in my own time anything less than that is not God first in my life it's going to get worse if you think that whole change my gender thing is bad you go on and read down through there after men and women changing their love for each other go to what's called bestiality. Animals. Animals. You say, oh, that'll never happen. Men in dresses. One time they said, women in pants, that'll never happen. Now I mentioned men with dresses on, you go, oh, come on, preacher. That's what they said about women with pants on. Now you don't think they'll ever go to animals? You think this first time in history this has happened? Christian preachers. Well, I'm not for it, but they have their rights. Is that what they're going to say? Cry loud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and tell my people their transgressions and their sins. You're in trouble. And you're all going to set mine and look up and look. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for that.